Welcome to Spotlight Conversations with voice talent and DJ Donna Reed. Donna talks music and media from her sunny linoleum-free studio. Come on in. Yes, it is very sunny in here. And welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Spotlight Conversations, or you can go to my website, SpotlightConversations.com. All right. Today, we're going to be talking to an audiobook narrator. And before he went into voiceovers and audiobooks, he was, and still is rather, but he started out as a drama teacher where he teaches theater to international students in Hong Kong. Welcome to the podcast, Curtis Michael. And first, I have to ask you, did, did you just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to be a teacher overseas and teach theater? at an international school. Yeah, one day I just thought like, forget about where you're at, what about the rest of the world? And I just started emailing principals around the world and I got responses from Africa, from the Middle East, from China, which is where I decided to go. Is that where your audiobook business started as well? When I was in Hong Kong, that's when that started. I had a podcast actually too, right? I guess I still do, but I haven't had an episode in a while. From that, like it, it was just like I had the I had the equipment, the basic equipment, and I was like, okay, I I generally know how to talk into a microphone. Right. I like microphones. Basically, I was like listening to a lot of stuff. I was listening to different podcasts. Right. I was listening to all kinds of audio content. Mm-hmm. I've always loved listening to music. If you see me walking my dogs, I'll usually have headphones on or earphones on because I'll be listening to something, learning something. The part of the fascination that I got with with the whole thing about audio productions is just you can be doing something else and you can be learning something. Yeah. You can be doing something else and you can be just entertained. It keeps you busy. I just like the idea of being um, kind of transported into another world mm-hmm. while you're in your world. So you started reading audiobooks. Do you think your theater background helped you with audiobooks? Uh, my theater background definitely helped with the whole thing about script analysis, mm-hmm. for sure. But overall performance, it's kind of the opposite because audiobooks are so much more intimate. But when you're reading an audiobook, it's not like doing promo work or commercials. I mean, you're you're switching characters back and forth. You don't think that the theater, the drama helped you a bit with that? It definitely helped, uh, but mostly for the whole uh, preparation of it. Mm. You know, like you, you have an intention, you imagine you're speaking to someone specific, the whole thing about creating your character, who is, that's who you're being as you're as you're talking to the listener. But um, it, it's a lot more about dialing it back. When you're creating a, ca- um, a character, does the author tell you what they're looking for? Or do you come to the table with, well, I think that character one sounds like this and character two sounds like this i've, I've been starting to work with, with some small publishers mm-hmm. but for the most part um I've, I've been with some independent authors a lot of authors they're like they hear your voice and they're like yeah i want it to sound like that See. and you kind of just you go for it so this is just my playgrounds now right so i kind of just i do whatever i want with it yeah lately i've been i've been including the author more with what I'm doing and I'm like excellent what celebrity do you imagine that character to be who do you think they're talking to what era do you think it's in because I don't know I noticed that you don't have a lot of um, time stamps within it it doesn't mm-hmm. say what decade it's in mm-hmm. and 
asking those questions, it gets the author excited and also it, it lets them let you know what they were really envisioning and in in what their words were. You're not just reading yeah. their words. You're getting in their mindset when they wrote those words. Hmm. What was it? Is it something personal to them? Is hmm. it about a personal experience they had? Is it based on that? Is it really rooted in like a, an era or a, a political mm-hmm. event that mm-hmm. happened? And when you get that and, and you can be like, oh, okay, they're, they're really looking for a Keanu Reeves type energy then I can totally play that way, way more easily. It's like a psychological thing. It's like you get into author's mindset. I'm going to tell the story like they wanted it to be painted in audio. Like it's almost yeah. a one person, a one person show. For- you found the author. You've got the mm-hmm. book. And how long does that take you? How long are the books usually? Right now, I'm, I'm only doing completely fiction. I've done two nonfiction books. Um, fiction seems to be my thing. Six to 14 hours is what I've done so far. Now, is that reading the whole book or is that reading, producing, going in the studio, taking each page? That's the final. Wow. And that's why I understand why people who work in commercial or or things like that or even um, short form corporate. Yeah. Like they're like, "Um, you're a psychopath. I I, I get where you're coming from, but you fall in love with it and you get I get you get with the rhythm of it. Mm -hmm. Character development and. I think I like that. I think that's a part of my theater background. It's like, you know, I'm doing a one man show or a one person show. You know, I'm taking on all these characters and I'm just shifting between these, doing a total Jekyll Hyde type thing. With with the nonfiction, I just don't think I'm as comfortable. When there's so many characters in a book, how do you, in the studio, switch back and forth? I mean, if there's two people in the whole book, you know, you can kind of mentally go, oh, this is her part. This is his part. But how do you switch mm-hmm. back and forth with so many characters? Okay, I'll, I'll give away like some of my secrets for this. We're giving the <laughs> secrets. Um, a lot of people want to get into audiobooks and they're not sure how. And then when they do, it might not be as good. Or or when, when the final product comes out, it might not be as impactful for the listeners. And they might not get that repeat business, which yeah. I've been getting. It all starts with the preparation. You've got to prep your books because that's what's going to make it all good. With my manuscript... I don't have it all marked up. It's like, okay, at this point, you'll do an uptone. And at this point, you'll slow down. I, I don't do anything like that. Um, with my prep work, I decide on the point of view, who's the character, and when, where are they at mm-hmm. at that point of time. Mm-hmm. And I also go through the, the shifts in emotion. So it might start excited, and then it might turn to an, an angry point. And then it might go to a point of acceptance. I write that down. I'm like, okay, in this chapter, this will happen. And then I'll look at the setting. I'll be like, where and when are we? As specific as I can get. And then I'll, I'll, I'll go through which characters are in the chapter because I have to know which character voices. Not to do a full Jim Carrey type thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm not completely changing, but I'm switching the energy. So I'll be like, and now I'm talking to you about this because this is really important to me. And um I, I've smoked for 11 years, and uh, mm-hmm. and then um, after that, I'm, I'm I'm just really I'm a bubbly I'm a bubbly person, and I'm a little bit naive. It's not so different from my voice, from my natural voice, but the energy shift and the patterns of speech are what is different and what defines those different characters. So if I have all that padded out, I can read through that whole chapter, and and it'll sound like. I've gone through a lot, but it isn't, if that makes sense. It does, because your ultimate goal is to make the reader stay with you throughout the book. Mm -hmm. 
So what mm-hmm. kind of books do you read typically? You said fiction, but there's so many genres of fiction. One more other thing about like, oh, the last okay. secret that I want to mm-hmm. let go is watch your friends and family and strangers and take notice about how they how they tell stories. Some might be terrible storytellers and some might be great. It doesn't matter, but the way that they tell a story, just just take huh. notice of that. And that will help you um, create your characters and, and the different tellings. What kind of books do you read? Mainly I do um, romance, young adult, or new adult fiction. And those are my three that I've been doing so far. What's your favorite? The thing is I've been successful in those in those subgenres. I really want to get into some like thriller and horror stuff. I keep putting that off because I'm busy with the other stuff. Do you have an agent? Um, it, it's completely, I'm completely independent. And the thing is, even publishers, even the big publishers, they prefer to work with freelancers. No need. You're happy. I, I'm happy for now, but um, by the new year, I think I'm going to just try to just take a pause and just see what happens with uh, when I reach out to publishers. What is your most challenging part of the audiobook process? I would say the biggest thing would be the focus. I'm sure that you experience this too, but just the focus of being like, um, I'm in the moment right now and I'm doing the job right now. I'm not worrying about marketing. I'm not worrying about how my colleagues are doing. I'm not worrying about how uh, people are going to think when they hear what I have to say or what I'm what I'm reading but just focusing in that moment and just just keeping all the outside noise out discipline do you have that too like oh, just yeah. like the, the, the straight up focus and concentrate on the on the work and writing things yeah. down helps but that discipline separates the people who are successful and the ones that are not I feel like that's what it takes. No, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. That's a great summary. Uh, now, you mentioned indie stratosphere. I like mm-hmm. that word. What, 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 is, what does that mean exactly? And it comes with like that whole, um, the outside noise of, okay, I need an agent. I need um, this many jobs a week. I need you know to work with only the top publishers. I need to be better than whoever is similar to what I'm doing. The whole indie stratosphere is more like you're going to find your little pockets of the genres. You're going to find your little pockets of whatever type of voiceover you're doing. And you're just going to find the work on your own. Say if you see a book and you see that it's, it's doing well or you see that somebody is with an indie publisher and you just you kind of approach them and you're like, hey, listen to my samples or hey, I can send you a custom demo of me reading your book. And with that, I guess this is this is like another like little secret, but anyone can do it. Mm. You go on Amazon, you see the preview, and you take a two-minute sample of that, and you just read it for free. Get mm. in there before Keanu gets in there. Right. <laughs> so direct marketing, thats you, you like how that works for you? For the most part, yeah. Because um, my Instagram has been okay. Uh, I think I got two small commercials off of it. And I've gotten, it seems like every once in a while when I do a post, I'll get a message and they'll be like, hey, um, could you do this project for me? Uh, I think you'd be a great thing for it. And it, just putting yourself out there and just being being present, even sometimes I post maybe two, three times in a month, sometimes. 
do you take classes in animation and do you think that's helpful or I, I think it's so helpful like i i took an animation course just over the summer just like the from june to july mm-hmm. and um that was with diane perry she's amazing she is a friend and she is a mentor and she's a teacher to me and like i can't thank her enough um i'm probably going to do a demo with her at some point and and one thing she told me too is she's like your watercolors are great but we need to get some of those those more <laughs> vibrant those more the, the acrylics the oil paints I love it. and i'm like okay i'm like you're right i'm like because audiobooks are what i do so it's just more about shifting the energy between the different characters but i'm like i'm not totally taking on a different person all the time it's that's not my comfort zone so uh, I really appreciated her saying that. And I'm like, you're so right. And it just sounds so, it sounded so artsy fartsy, but like, I loved it. I was like, it's like, that's some good advice. And I get, I get what you mean. She's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. I see that you are getting a master's in education with all of this going on. Mm-hmm. How do you fit that in the schedule? The thing is, you got to get excited about saying no to things. Yeah. You, you just yeah. can't do every single thing. Tell me a bit about APA, what it stands for, and what you do with them. The Audio Publishers Association. Ah, okay. um, It's just a a group of people, and I'm pretty sure they're all in audiobooks, but basically you have a membership with them, and they can review your audiobooks if you you want them to. Mm -hmm. I haven't submitted anything to them yet, but they have um, every year there's an Audio Publishers Association conference. And that's that's um, tied in with the or the Audis, which is like the the Oscars of the of the audiobooks. So it's all tied in with with that kind of stuff and like Audiophile magazine for the community aspect. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. really good community in the whole audiobooks world. I went to APAC, which is what they call it this year, APAC 2021, and um, I met a lot of other narrators, some ambassadors of of APAC. And a good amount of my friends, they met with producers or casting directors for audiobooks, which was cool. I didn't apply for that this year because I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm too new. I think next year I'll probably try to get into into more stuff like that, like try to meet the producers or whatever. I, I hope everyone realizes this, any of your listeners realize this. It's not about achieving what you think you should be achieving. It's about achieving what what feels good to you. And what is your version of success? It has to be about that first and foremost. What do you want to get out of what you're doing? Inspiring even the interviewer this morning. Before <laughs> I go, the new school where you teach theater. I'm starting on Thursday. I can't say the name of it, okay. but um, it's one of the top schools. IndieClosetStudios.com uh, is your website. Please check out my samples. <laughs> if you're going into voiceover, somebody's going, I got the voice. Oh, that's a character. <laughs> I like that character. Another podcast. <laughs> so what is your advice to somebody that's going into the voiceover business? I don't want to sound too preachy. I feel like I just dropped like so many like preach nuggets in here. Yeah, I but, think um, they're good bits of advice. I hope so. I hope people like find something out of it. But um, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, figure it out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Donna. It was great to meet you. Me too. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in.